Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, it is 8.30. I'm Michael McKee, along with uh, Tom Keene. And our economic indicators are brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. No major indicators today. The Chicago Fed National Activity Index is out at 0.28. That's up from a negative 0.34 in uh, December and is much better than the survey of a negative 0.10. Not sure how much it tells us about what's actually going on in the market. U.S. manufacturing PMI due out later this morning. Mark Zandi is with us now. And, of course, uh, Mark is chief economist at uh, Moody's Analytics, and he keeps track of all things going on around the world, which makes him the perfect person to follow Doug Cass, who suggested that we may have about a 35% chance of recession and is uh, extremely worried about uh, the stagnant economic growth prospects for the world and what central banks are or are not doing about it. Mark, uh, would you share the pessimism or at least the lack of optimism about where we are going over the next six months to a year? Well, I'd be I'd be a bit more optimistic. I, you know, subjectively put the odds of recession in the United States at somewhere between 15 and 20 percent. You know, globally, there's uh, more concern, uh, and I, I would concur with uh, some of the worries about what's going on overseas. But here in the U.S., I, I think we're we're fine. We're in okay shape. Well, are we able to be an island? Can we continue to grow if the rest of the world is having trouble? Yeah, I think we're the engine of growth. We're driving the train now, and it's really the American consumer that's driving the train, and the American consumer is doing their part. Uh, growth last year was very strong. Real consumer spending growth was uh, over 3%. And as we've been seeing in the recent data, retail sales, vehicle sales, uh, housing activity, I think the consumer is going to continue to do their part. You know, Tom, this reminds me of, um, oh, was it about a decade ago? I remember a book came out called Flying on One Engine. As an ancient home. It immediately went to the bargain bin. <laughs> you can get remaindered copies. Tom, Tom Keene put that together. Um, a look at how the United States was the only engine of growth. Well, there's another engine. Europe is okay, too. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's not gangbusters in Europe, but uh, they are growing solidly. And, uh, you know, I think uh, everything suggests that they'll continue to push forward. So it's not just the U.S., but... But, you know, your sentiment is correct. Uh, the, the global economy is, is troubled. Uh, Mark, I, I want to go back a little bit within your optimism and, and your immense chops and the books that you've done on the new American century and such. What happened in the last two years? You were a great optimist, not an outlier, but but you were looking for 3% plus real GDP growth. You even voiced, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you voiced a 4% real, maybe 6% nominal. It didn't happen. I'm, I'm fascinated. What's your why for what we've experienced? Yeah, good question. Well, you know, it, interestingly enough, the job market's done better than I would have thought. We yes, produced, we, yes. We produced more jobs. Uh, unemployment fell faster. We've gotten back to full employment or close to pretty quickly. 
wage growth is picking up. So if you look at the economy through the prism of the labor market, uh, no problem. You know, we're doing very, very well. So the, you know, the uh, the arithmetic uh, suggests that the reason that uh, that I'm, I was wrong about GDP is productivity. Productivity growth has been right. very weak and it has not picked up. And, okay. you know, that goes to, you know, some pretty deep questions as to what's going on. Well, there. My, my sense is that we will see productivity growth pick up, but uh, that's still very much a forecast. I, I knew you would go there. And if you tear apart capital dynamics, labor dynamics in this strange thing, total factor productivity, which is it? Which did we miss on? Well, you know, I think it, it, it's all of the above. Uh, you know, my sense is it, uh, here, I'll give you a statistic. Um, when we look at productivity, it's the, the top line number is non-farm business productivity. And since the recovery began six and a half years ago, that's grown just under 1% per annum uh, over the period. Just for context, uh, we've, uh, that non-farm business productivity has grown 2% per annum on average since World War II. So that's, you know, half the growth, less than half the growth. But if you look at non-financial corporate productivity, so think about that for a second, non-financial, so exclude the financial sector and the non-corporate sector, uh, productivity growth has been 1.7% per annum during the recovery. That's that's what I would expect, 1.7%. So what's going on? I think it boils down to – there's lots of reasons, but I think the key reason is uh, what the financial sector has been going through post-crisis because of the crisis and because of the change in the regulatory environment. I think that's the key weight on productivity. Can you tell – um, we were talking about this with Brad Hintz about how the financial sector has been hurting. Can you tell whether the troubles in the financial sector, in the you know corporate treasurer's office, uh, in the uh, chief financial officer's uh, office, are affecting the economy? Yeah, I mean, the financial system is like the uh, circulatory system of the real economy, right? I mean, that's credit flows uh, are key to growth, to innovation, change, business formation, you know, all those key dynamics that are vital to productivity growth. So, yeah, I think if the financial sector is impaired or adjusting, in a sense, you know, know, the banks or big banks have gone from – have had to significantly increase the amount of capital they hold. And I'm not arguing that's a bad thing. Uh, I mean, our banking system is now a fortress, but – uh, you know, there is a cost to that, and I think uh, it's been born yeah. in productivity growth. We'd like to get you on more as we wander through and into the summer. Mark Zandi uh, with us, Moody's Analytics, and uh, really look forward to talking to him um, through the rest of, of the year. His title, U.S. Macro Outlook, No Recession, he minces no words about it uh, with with optimism as is, is, is well. Um, we're going to come back. Let me do a data check. Michael McKee and I are sorting out the Monday morning here. Uh, futures up 20, Dow futures up 175. The euro 110, uh, 26 is a weaker euro with dollar uh, strength. Um, sterling is, is sterling is really uh, headline 140.95. Sterling 140.95 uh, is weaker uh, this morning. This hour of surveillance is brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit volvocarswhiteplains.com. Here's John Tucker with headlines. All right, Michael and Tom, after predicting he could pull off a political upset in Nevada at more than a week before potential wins on Super Tuesday, Bernie Sanders is assuring supporters he is working hard to close the gap in Saturday's primary in South Carolina. No polls in South Carolina have shown Sanders closer than 18 points down from Hillary Clinton. 
Apple resisting a court order requiring the company to help unlock the iPhone of a dead terrorist. Says the U.S. Congress should form a committee to discuss privacy and personal freedoms. Apple would gladly take part in such an effort, the company saying in a statement on its website today. The U.S. Auto Safety Regulator says it's investigating all Takata Corporation airbag inflators that use a chemical propellant ban from future models and will compile data to determine whether to expand the industry's broadest recall ever. Syria's main political opposition will meet today to discuss a proposed ceasefire whose potential for even limited success has been undercut by a spike in violence claimed by Islamic State. And the head of the U.N. nuclear agency says another 11 nations need to step up to make the world a safer place from the threat of nuclear material falling into the hands of terrorists. That's a number of countries need to sign on to the amendment to the Convention on the Physical Protection of Nuclear Material. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. Michael and Tom. Thank you, John. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's Rob Bush. Good morning, Mike and Tom. The Rangers thrilled the fans at Madison Square Garden as two of the marquee goaltenders squared off. The Red Wings' Jimmy Howard had 29 saves to Henrik Lundqvist's 22. But it was a defenseman of all people, Kevin Klein, who netted the game winner, won nothing in overtime. It's it's a different game, obviously, and we don't practice it really, so it's 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 tough. And you just have to make sure when they've got the puck defensively, you're on the right side of your guys because you know a two-on-one like that can can turn into a two-on you know the other way. So it's difficult you try and you know just make the most of your opportunities when you get a chance it was klein's fifth goal of the year as the rangers are just one point behind florida for the second seed in the east they visit new jersey on tuesday the isles also play tuesday in minnesota to basketball the nets fell to 11 and 22 at home with a 104 96 loss to charlotte brooke lopez who led the way with a double double wanted this one bad as the team gears up for a nine game road trip we, we had a great concentration in certain parts of the game tonight and uh we need to come with that as much as possible you know we were definitely gonna have to stick together obviously being on the road so long and and, uh, just take it a game at a time. The Nets won't return to Brooklyn until March 13th. Knicks entertain the Raptors at 7.30. Jimmer Fredette, he'll join the team on a 10-day contract. College hoops, St. John wiped out a 19-point deficit at home, but Isaiah Whitehead hit two game-winning free throws as Seton Hall beat the Red Storm 62-61. And NASCAR, Denny Hamlin won the closest finish ever at the Daytona 500. And that is your NBC Bloomberg Sports Update. Mike, Tom? Hey, Rob Bushka, thank you so much. Again, sure to the market, I'm noticing curve flattening as well. Coming up, we're going to continue continue our discussion with Mark Zandy of Moody's on a most interesting American economy. If you go Y equals C plus I plus G plus NX, you can talk about any parts of that equation. I'm most interested in Mark Zandy on what it will take to get investment going. From New York, this Monday, Bloomberg Surveillance. The Sports Report was brought to you by Ray Katina Auto Group. Everyone deserves to drive a Mercedes-Benz from Ray Katina. Make it happen at Ray Katina Motor Car in Edison. Ray Katina of Union and the new Ray Katina of Freehold. Or go to RayKatina.com.